the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. We are back. It is our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. And we've got uh, we've got a couple of guys joining us. Um, the guy over there smiling at you weirdly is, is Larry, Past, <laughs> Pastor Larry. And the guy over there with the infectious grin is Tim, Pastor Tim. And uh, together we are uh, forming this uh, this wonderful look at what it is to exist. Why do we exist? Why are we here? And uh, uniquely and specifically as believers in Christ, why why are you here? Why are you a part of the church? We've explored uh, the, the reason to exalt. We, we're here to exalt Christ, uh, chief end of man, glorify God, enjoy him forever. And out of that flows evangelism. Uh, the fact that we get to gossip about our elder brother, we yes. get to talk about who he is, and and as you said, uh, Larry, it, I, it, I believe it was William Grinnell who said it is the the height of self centeredness and hypocrisy to be content to go to heaven alone. Yeah, yeah, and and that kind of folds into that third element, doesn't it? Enfold. Yeah. This is not our our relationship with Jesus. This thing that we've got that we call church is not a lone ranger uh, entity. Is Amen. It? Amen. I agree. Yeah. What, what, what makes this so unique that it is a group? What is the dynamic that we see in Scripture that tells us that uh, God is about community? He's about fellowship. Yeah, it's a, it's a familial thing, isn't it? Yeah. When I think about how God even describes himself, he says, as a father and a son. Huh. None of us can relate to that. <laughs> no. I, no, no clue all of us can relate that. to that. I, I've learned so much. I've had this on the radio show before. Um and I think that father, son, mother, daughter relationships teach you so much about how God is related to us in that fashion. So I think the enfolding ministry is so important. So let's go out here and we're going to evangelize you. We're going to tell you the good news. And if what do we do with you if you accept that? Hey, if you take that on fully. Go be at peace. Yeah, go be have, at peace. Nice go feed yeah, yourself, no. you know. Be warm. Be fed. All these, yeah, be warm and be fed. <laughs> no. Well, this is where the church is such an important aspect. The the local church is so important for that because we want to enfold you now. We want to, um, and then next we'll be equipped, but we're going to enfold you. We're going to show you the love of Christ, hopefully. We're going to show you the love of Christ. I think we do that well here at Valley Bible and uh, other churches I've been in. They do a really good job of that. So just to enfold you in, pull you in, hey, Welcome to the family. Welcome mm. to being part. Well, guess what? You just became the, you know, there's so many unique dynamic terms that we have for the believer. Yeah. You know, so you're a part of the body of Christ. You're part of the family. You're the brother of Christ. You, but you're also the bride of Christ. And, and he's the groom. And you think about all those. And what are all those words? All those things are related to familial kind of relationships. But it's all dependent on enfolding and bringing people in. And in the local churches in Acts, they met in homes at that time. Now, we're, we don't do that today. We do our Bible. Some of our home Bible studies are that way. That's why they're called home Bible studies, right? right. 
small groups. But anyway, so you, you have that part, but um, there's that whole dynamic because one of the things you don't want to do as a, as a local church is have people come to your church that don't feel that they're being enfolded. That's like the worst thing in the world you can do because you're like, you're part of the family. Well, is this how you treat your family? Yeah. If it is, I don't want to be a part of your family. I think Tim alluded to that even earlier. Like, wait a minute. If you guys aren't very good at that, why would I want to be here? And so I think enfolding is definitely a scriptural thing there to the one another's. They're full mm-hmm. of, you know. Yeah. And, um, and we just think about, we were, I mean, we've been going through this series. And so I think one of the passages that keeps popping up in our heads is the Hebrews 10, 24, 25, you know, the whole about the assembling together, coming together so that you, so we can get good numbers that we can tell people well, we run a thousand. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's the whole point of that. No, uh, oh no, if we can get a thousand of you and get more money from you. No, that's not the point either. It's that we might, when we're together, encourage one another, encouraging one another to good works and to love one another. And those things, that verse there sounds like that sounds like something I want to be at. Yeah. It does. I mean, you made a you mean if I get around you, Andy, I'm going to be encouraged? Yes, I found that to be true. We laugh, we cut up, we have all that, but I'm always encouraged. Well, that invites me back. It's an automatic invite back. Yeah. I'm being enfolded by being encouraged, by being loved. It's just automatic. And so, um, or it should be automatic. It's not always automatic. Tim, you well, had something. Yeah, yeah. I think the other thing is, as part of the body of Christ, when you do put faith in Christ, he gives us a gift. And that uh-huh. gift is for use in the body. And so we're all like, and it's described in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, as we're parts of a body. And no part's more important than any other part. And if your foot hurts, you don't walk very well and you don't feel good at all. Or your mouth or your head or your ear, you can't hear. And so every part is necessary for the health of the body. Right. And Jesus is the head. There's only one head of this body. Amen. And that's Jesus. But as, as part of us, we were all gifted to do something in this body. And you can't do that gift by yourself. And you can't be receiving the gifts that others have for you to help you get through a tough life. Yeah. We're in foreign territory, right? We we are uh, aliens in an alien world That's right. with a citizenship in heaven, and it's tough to live in an alien world all by yourself. It is. And so we're to get together, just like he calls us a flock. Flocks don't do well separated. Sheep are pretty helpless, pretty dumb. We are. And I qualify. (laughs) Yeah, I qualify. But when you say that the mutual care of the body, one of the things is not all all up to the pastors or the elders or the leaders to care for everybody. We're supposed to have mutual care according to 1 Corinthians 12, 25, 26. We're supposed to mutually care for one another. And so when you come to a fellowship and a worship service and getting together with the body, It should actually refresh you, encourage you, heal you, and care also responds to what a parent would do in caring for a child that might be doing something dangerous, might be doing something (laughs) maybe unwise. Who tells them otherwise? Will the world tell you it's not a good idea to pursue that course? They're not going to say a word. Who will? And I think it's up to the body of Christ to help defend and protect and guard one another, even from our own dumbness. Our stupidity at times. We we don't think things through very well at times. And I loved it because sometimes I'm saying I'm considering this, and somebody comes up to me, "Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, <laughs> how could you do that?" Right. And uh, so that's what the body is about. It's about care. 
It's about fellowship, about, Larry said, encouragement. Uh, our pastor used to say all the time, Philip said, I've never met an over-encouraged saint. They don't exist. They don't. <laughs> they don't. And at the end of the day, what this does is it points right back to exalting Christ. Because it when does. we do this, we are bringing glory to God and exalting Christ. We've got to take another time out, gentlemen. And so we'll do that and continue our conversation on the other side of this break. If you'd like to join the conversation, we are at 888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. It is our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. You can catch Truth For Today Monday through Friday, 530 in the morning, Sundays at 830. Great way to start the day with Pastor Phil Howard. We're going to take a quick time out. We're back as Lifeline continues right here on KFAX. And now, back to Lifeline. Lifeline with Andy Froyland and Larry Howard and Tim Valstrom. We're talking about the existence. Why Why are we here? What's it all about, yeah. Alfie? And uh, <laughs> specifically within, within the confines of the church, what is the church all about? What are we here for? And we're, we're dealing with this issue of enfolding and getting people involved in the church. And Larry, during the break, you... You mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, hey, one of the deals is we're going to get in your business. And my first thought is I, I know there's listeners going, you don't belong in my business. Well, you stay out of my business. They, uh, th- that's private. That doesn't belong to you. Yeah. How do you respond to that? Yeah, well, we, we would um, we would totally disagree with you on that. And there are parts of your life that we're not going to get involved in because those are private things that you and your wife need to deal with. But if you have a an issue along the way while you're dealing with your wife or your wife's dealing with you, we're definitely here for you and we'll get involved at that point. So when there's marital difficulties and things of that nature, uh, there are some things that we would probably not, not get too involved in on that. But I would also say that our responsibility as, as leaders, as elders in the church, is to shepherd the flock that's amongst us. Yeah. And what that means, if you're going to tell me don't get involved in my business... You just told me I can't do what God told me I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I mean, I'm supposed to shepherd. I'm supposed to be taking care. Uh, you know, we're getting involved in your life. We're enfolding you. We're trying to get you to be more like the one that we're following. Exactly. Okay. And so I think that um, it's very interesting. When you join Valley, like we have membership. I know some churches don't have membership at all. Right. And, and that's fine if they, that's their the way they've done it. But the way we've done that is we've 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 done a membership and we said, when you become a member of Valley, you become under the umbrella of protection of the elders of the church. So now we're here for you. We'll do whatever we can. Now, even if you're not a member and you attend our church and you need help, we're going to help you. That's not right. But this kind of, this is a more of a guarantee. Like when you say, I want to be committed, then we're committed to doing certain things also. Right. And part of that is to enfold you, to help you. If I, what does it say? Is it, is it uh, Galatians 6? I think, oh, Tim's opened it there already. He's thinking ahead of me, which is not unusual. But um, it's just that whole thing of when you see a brother and he's caught in a sin, and it doesn't mean you caught him necessarily. He could be just stuck in it too. Yeah. What do you do? You that are mature, leave him alone because no. he doesn't want to be bothered. Right. No, yeah, just let him keep living that life of sin and let him, it'll be a detriment to him. And guess what? It's a detriment to the body of Christ if you see a brother sinning and you say nothing to him. Yeah. But as leadership, because he's talking to leaders there in Galatians 6, talking to the mature, I would say if you're in leadership and you're not a mature person, you don't need to be in leadership. Right. But so I would say definitely for us as as elders, as pastors, 
when we see that pattern, we're going to go after it. And that's, we're commanded to do so. And, and guess what? We're back to that again. I said commanded again. But you know what? I find it as a pastor to be a great joy to get myself involved in people's lives. It's a great joy to do that. To what end? To, what, what, what is Jesus coming back for? Well, he's coming back for the bride. Spotless. <laughs> Spotless. He's there, going to make us. There, yeah. there is a reason behind all of this, isn't yeah, there? It's not. It is. We're just not going to get into your business to get into your business because no. we're busy bodies. There's a, there's no, a command from God, <laughs> but we are we are being conformed into the image of Christ, are we not? That's yes. right. And at the end of the day, this is what we're striving for, and what we want you to strive for as well. Yeah. Purity, holiness. All of these things matter. Don't Sanctification. They? We're we're just so, trying to become more like God. Yeah. And anytime we get involved, just like I said, if you catch, if there's a caught, something catches them, and is brought to someone's attention, it's for their restoration. Yes. Right. It's for yes. Their, it's yes. for their betterment. It's this not, isn't punitive. It's no. It's never coming back. Ooh, who found you? It's not that at all. It's more like. I think we can help you with the word of God and he can get you out of that and you can be restored. Grab this that, rope and we'll get you out of that right. quicksand. And in Galatians 6 there, that 1 and 2, you, you got to remember, he not only tells you to go after that individual and restore them, mm-hmm. but what does he do? He warns you, you're not above this. Listen, oh man of God, you, just because you got to capital P at the beginning of your title as a pastor right. does not mean you aren't susceptible to the exact same thing. Right. So he warns us of that even. So it's this whole thing of, I'm not just getting in your business. It's my business to be in your business right. in reality. But then it's not just that. It's I have to be very careful even how I do that so that I don't fall to the same thing I'm coming to you to talk to you about. And that's just such, I mean, I think God knew what he was doing when he wrote these things down. There's no wiggle room, guys. There's no wiggle room. He knew exactly what he was doing. And so I'm like, it's incredible to me how that does work. The Bible always works, you know. And it's in even, you know, I've said this in counseling. I've counseled unbelievers before, you know. And I've had people say, well, how can you counsel them biblical counseling to an unbeliever? It's not going to work. They can, they're not, And they're right in the effect that they don't have the Holy Spirit to help them do it. But I'm like, God is so practical. Yeah. What he says we should be doing is practical, even in the unsaved marriage. It's a practical thing. In, in an unsaved marriage, you still shouldn't be sleeping with a bunch of people. Yeah. So I'm like, the practicality of what God does in the Bible has always amazed me. Instruction is never oh. an afterthought to God's creation. No, no, it never. Isn't. So I don't know, Tim. Were you going to say something no, else? No, there? I think that's... he ran right to six one, and I stole his thunder you, you right there. You beat him to it. Is that part of your sermon this Sunday? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm just trying to. I'm watch. I'm watching to see what he opens to, and then I, using it. It's the same thing, though. That it, this this is all about care. Jesus is our chief shepherd. Yep. He cares for his flock. If he sees them eating a a piece of grass that's poisonous, he's going to stop them. Yeah. Right. If if he sees them wandering toward a cliff, he's going to hedge them in. Right. If they continue to wander, he's going to break their legs, put them on his shoulder, and carry them until they learn to obey. His whole point is, I want them near me. I want yeah. them near me, and that's what we want. We we want them not near the pastor. We want them near Jesus. Yeah, right? Amen. Right. And so, it, and that's why they said in the Old Testament, I want to select p- priests that have the same weaknesses as the rest of them, so they could be sympathetic. Right? right, and so Jesus gave a, a great example that He is our sympathetic high priest. High priest, yes, yeah. I love, I you know, Tim 
Tim knows this and Chuck's in the room. He knows this too. I, I think with uh, Pastor Phil, we, we've all superly, superly, I don't think that's superly. a word. That's... Superly. I've just made a word up. So it's a Greek word. Yeah. Uh, no. So, but in this magnanimous way, um, Christ has said that we're supposed to follow after him. And what happens is we've all been so affected over a 48-year uh, ministry of Phil Howard um, that I was impressed one day we were visiting with him because he'd had a surgery on a hip, and so he was a little bit down. He'd been by himself, and you know Phil, he's not a by-himself person. And uh, so we took worship ministry over, and we sang some songs to him, and we were going to pray with him. And it just struck me when, when we were there. I said, you know what? I was asked to pray for him. And I said, you know what? I'm going to tell you guys something. Here's a guy that I've been knowing all my life. Yeah. He's my uncle, so I've known him all my life. But I've been he's been my pastor for, at that time, about 40 years. And I go, what I've always been impressed with in my mind, it was like, it just struck me. I'm like, he has never told me to follow him necessarily. He's always made it follow the one I'm following. Yeah. So he's always made it about Christ. Look past me to the one that's ahead of me. Look past. And and then you think about this. If you get your eyes on the man too much, he might take you off track. Yeah. Keep your eyes on the one that he's following. And so, Phil, I mean, I think we would all say he's never, like a Phil Howard's never been about Phil Howard. Right. It's always been about Christ, the promotion of Christ. And and he's enfolded all of us over the years. Hey, guy, the eunuch in, in Esther. It was all about the king. It was never about Haggai. Never. To the point that Esther said, I trust you enough. You clothe me. You know what he likes. Once she is prepared to meet the got just the thing. Robes of righteousness out of his own closet. He's going to love you. Yeah, yeah. That is our role. That <laughs> is our pastoral incredible. role. Yeah. We are Haggai. We are eunuchs. We are in the service of the king, not the harem, and I not anybody else. I'm not sure I've ever thought of myself as a eunuch, though, I will say. Spiritually. <laughs> oh, spiritually, okay, got gotcha. you. Spiritually speaking. No, spiritually speaking. <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> we are. I couldn't let that go by. I, I just couldn't. I, I know. Like, yeah. I can't sit here and just admit that I'm agreeing with you. I'm not amening that particular thing until I, I get some, uh, I need I, some context. I teed it up right. for you, brother. I teed it up. <laughs> we do, on that note, we're going to take a time out. Um, we need a break after that. We do. Uh, in folding, we, in, in getting folks enfolded into the body of Christ, the next thing on our list is equipping. And that's what we'll deal with when we come back as Lifeline continues right here on AM 1100 KFAX. There you go. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. It's Lifeline. We're uh, starting to wind things down a little bit here. We're going through the five E's of why we are in existence. Why does Valley Bible Church uniquely and specifically exist? What are we What are we here for? What's it all about? And we've we've seen that we are to exalt Christ. That is why we exist, and we are to evangelize. And once you understand why you're exalting Christ, it then becomes infectious, and you want to evangelize folks which once they see the infection and join you in that infectious desire for Jesus, you begin to enfold them. And that's kind of where we left off. And, and Tim, you were talking about this during the break, that uh, it, it is a, an enfolding that requires a certain amount of trust, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes, it does. See, people not, may not really care what you have to tell them unless they really know you love and care for them. 
And so the church, I think, is a place where God's people can come together and hopefully leadership and other believers all will come around and show the love of Christ that they've received. I mean, we, all we're doing is we love others because he first loved us. And so Amen. therefore, we share that love. And I think the phrase is people don't know how much, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so I think people will be willing then to be trained and to learn about this great faith that they've just put their trust in. And because what they may not know everything about, you know, the five points of Calvinism and everything else when they put, all I know is I was a sinner, I deserved hell and death, but God saved me by sending a son on a cross, and he died in my place and rose from the dead and gave me new life. And that's all I know. I trust in him, just like the thief on the cross. I trust in him. The blind man in John. All I know is that I was blind, and now I see. I I can't explain it. I don't know anything about it. I just know it's real. And so when they come, right, here they are in church, and we say, we love you because he loved us, and we want you to know that same love and follow the same Jesus. And when we care for people, then they're willing to be equipped. Okay. And And that is our equipped A-Q-U-I-P or E-Quip? Oh, it's an E. E. Not equipped. I'm equipped. I'm equipped. I'm equipped. I quit because I am equipped. And and that's right. That is why I think one of the fundamental E's of what what is church about, well, I, I think according to Ephesians 4, he says he gave pastors and evangelists that he might equip, build up, the body of Christ, that they might do the work of the ministry. You see, we've we've always said that here at Valley. We have maybe a couple pastors on staff, but all of believers are ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone who names the name of Christ is a minister for Jesus Christ. And so as ministers, they need to be equipped. You know, they're ready to say, well, be ready to share the reason for the hope that's in you. Well, how do you do that? Well, you have to learn. You have to be trained. You have to sit under teaching and preaching that teaches you not just about facts about the Bible, how many fishes and loaves, but about right. how to live life. What to do? What is biblical wisdom in this situation? How? Do, what does God say about marriage? What does God say about parenting? What does God say about love and relationships? What does God say about money? What does God tell us about how to reach the lost? What does God say how we should protect ourselves from sinful paths? What is his prayer? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We're not exempt from being tempted. And so we have to teach all these things and prepare people, and then they will share this wonderful, as you said, joyful ministry of sharing Jesus with everyone they know, because now they they have been equipped to do so. Okay, then, so what does that look like from a Valley Bible uh, Church perspective, equipping? What, What are some things that go on here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules that equips those yeah. that come through the door. Yeah, well, we we have several areas that that do that. What it's very interesting that you would ask that because actually everything we do at Valley, every budget item, all of that has to pass those E's standards. So almost every ministry we do does this. We're equipping somehow in them. We're evangelizing. We're enlisting. We're enfolding. We're doing all of those things at one time. But I would say uh, one of our ways, obviously, from the pulpit, we equip the people that way from our pulpit, and those are usually very pointed, thematic, um, 
even if we're going through a book of the Bible, um, we'll break that book out into different themes and different thoughts so that we can pull out the, the ideas behind them. And then we have small group ministries that does that. We have a middle school ministry and a high school ministry. So our youth ministries do that. We have young adults ministries that are, we're equipping people in those, telling them about what it means to be a Christian, how that's, that the practicality, practicality of being a Christian. There's a practical way of doing it. And, um, I think one of the, one of the main things that Valley started on, I remember it, I was 14. We weren't brought into a Bible study and told all the do's and don'ts. We, that was never what happened here. We were told the grace and the truths of God. And it's amazing how they set you free. You grow leaps and bounds when you understand his grace. You know, when you get, and I'm still trying to understand it. And from my understanding in Ephesians 2, I'm going to spend eternity learning of his grace and his mercy. So I think we, I think in all areas of ministry, we strive to equip. We want you to be, listen, Andy, I hope that in January you sat before the Lord and said, Lord, next year at this time, I want to know you better. Hmm. And you're a veteran Christian. You've yeah. been a Christian for years. So have I. And so is Tim and Chuck. We all have been. But if you quit learning about him, you can't. You're you're going to spend eternity learning about him. I want to get to know him here. Yeah. I do. You know, so I'm like, I want to be, you know, I've said this for years. I want to pray more than I talk about it. Right. I want to know him more than I knew him last year. Yeah. Well, how do I do that? It takes a lot of work. And, and I got to be equipped too. And, and and from there, we are back to enfolding where we are encouraging one another to do that. I, I can't tell you how encouraging it is to have a couple of brothers around you spurring you on oh, in love and good deeds. It's imperative. It, it really is. It's imperative. But it, 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 it incites, it encourages, and it challenges you. And you find that heavenly motivation. I mean, it's not a motivation that's bribed out of you. It's a motivation that is is reminded to you again from these other brothers and sisters in yeah. Christ. I mean, so, you know, again, we're not lone rangers in all of this. And isn't that, I mean, when you think about it, I just was expressing that to you guys when we were off air here, that that's where um, my job, Tim's job, Chuck, yourself, when we're dealing with people, is to make sure that they understand that we care about them, yeah. that we love them. Um, I just had a young lady um, two nights ago. It's a gal we've been praying for for a long time. She works with my cousin, uh, and so um, I know quite a bit about her just based on what my cousin's relationship is with her. And she was telling me about her. And so I see her. At, at, she's bringing her kids out to summer night camp. And I see her, and I go to her, and I say, you know what, honey, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. I know you have a different religion than us, but I want you to have the hope I have. And she starts crying. I'm going, why is this lady crying right now? Well, God's dealing with her. But if I don't, if she didn't think I cared, would she cry? No. No. She she understands that we care about her. We love right. her. We want. I told her, I said, I don't hardly know you, but I can tell you I love you, because you know what? You're made of flesh and blood, just like me. Why would I? Why should I be treated? Well, I'm better now. Oh, yeah, right. I'm better. No, I'm just saved. Yeah. God's been very gracious to me. And my understanding of all of what we're talking about here, we go back to our our statement of knowing Christ and sharing his love passionately. Yeah. And if you can't share his love passionately, get to know him better. Yeah. 
If you get to know him, it will be an automatic outpouring for you to share his love passionately. And so you'll find out that in the church that you go to, if you have people doing that, you're going to want to join that church. Yeah. That's going to be the church you want to be at. And so hopefully that's what Valley's done for years. And hopefully we're still doing it. We're striving to continue that. And I, and Tim's got something he wants to say, but I'm wound up. So I'll just, uh, <laughs> well, and with that, we'll take a time out. Sorry, Tim. No, <laughs> we do it. We got one minute. That's fine. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think in equipping one of the primary things that I, I know Larry and I assume, but people need to hear is what we're really trying to equip is that people understand what God says in his word. That's Absolutely. our only factual truth. That's our only thing that's valid for our lives. The word of God is eternal, inerrant, and important. And what we're just trying to do is let people see God's perspective on whatever it is they're doing and whatever it is they're going through and whatever it is they need. And God has thoughts and ideas and gives us hope courage and joy and peace and this is the source it's the word of god and our relationship with the savior that wrote it that's why we're called valley bible church well we ate and drank our beer the word did it all according to martin luther <laughs> i love that line he had a cigar there with his brandy too didn't he? i don't think they had cigars back there. pipes yeah, pipes, pipes probably a pipe spurgeon yeah. spurgeon did spurgeon had the cigars had yeah, the cigars, cigars. So, yeah <laughs> All right, it's falling apart. I don't fast. do either, but still, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, with that. We've gone to drinking. What happened? Yeah, here? man. I, no We're boy. drinking eunuchs, I think, <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> yes. Oh, Lord. You started it. Lord That's all I can us. say. Lord help us. Okay, with that, we'll take a time out. And uh, when we do come back, we'll close the program out and we'll take a look at our final E, which is enlist. You go from equipping to folks, and once they're equipped, then they get enlisted. Amen. You're, you're, you're in the army now. And it's all exalting him, isn't it? It is all exalting him. So that's where we're headed in the last few minutes of Lifeline. Do stick around. We're going to pay some bills, and we'll be back as Lifeline continues right here on KFAX. And now back to Lifeline. Well, as I've said before, time flies when you're having fun, or as the frog said, time's fun when you're having flies, and it's just flown by, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Yeah, yes, it has. It has. So it it's, has. It's been a delight being with you here tonight on Lifeline. We've enjoyed having you around. Hopefully, you have found a little bit of encouragement in our discussion tonight and uh, the topic for this evening, exalting Christ, evangelizing Christ, enfolding others to the glory of Christ, equipping folks for Christ, which takes us to the enlistment as we close our time out together, gentlemen. Um, this all culminates in equipping and getting others animated and enlisted in the work and service of Christ, doesn't it? Absolutely. I think one of the things that a lot of our current generation has expressed is they want to have purpose. They want to know what to do. Um, there's a ministry that Christ has for his body, and they were gifted for a ministry in Christ's body. And all we're just trying to do is connect the dots and not make it hard for people to find a place that benefits the body. I mean, we need people in so many areas. Most of church work today in America, and especially here, is volunteer, right? You're, you're using the gifts that God has given to his people Amen. in the most effective way you can and connecting needs with people that have the ability to help meet those needs. 
we wouldn't have children's Sunday school teachers if somebody didn't feel that they're worth spending the time to prepare and to love on and to give children the opportunity to know Jesus. I mean, this is the whole point of, I think, enlistment. is just, it's a fancy word, but it really means just connecting believers to meaningful places of work and ministry in the body of Christ. And that's part of the church's job. I mean, people might come up and say, hey, I'm willing to be used, but where? Right. Right? And so we should have an answer to where. Right? This is where we need you. And sometimes we find that people will get connected to a ministry that, wow, that wasn't really one that I was good at. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in fact, I don't really like it at all. <laughs> but let's try, but let's try a new one. Right. right? And I think God has gifted us, and many of us don't know what gift that is until we start putting it into practice. Right. And and you don't actually get better at your gift until you do. That's why t- Paul told Timothy, fan the gift that God has given you into flame. Basically, practice what it is that God has given you by doing, Timothy. And usually, and you kind of touched on this a bit, but usually... What I have found in ministry, we are all given talents. We're born with certain talents. Some of us have a proclivity for this and some of us for that. When we become Christians and saved, filled with the Spirit, those gifts will always work in tandem with those talents to to a unique degree or another. But they're always there. And, you know, I've told people, you know, if you're afraid that God is going to call you to the deepest, darkest of Africa to be a missionary, and that's your innate fear, I can promise you he's not going to do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that, I agree. That, that's, that, God is always going to take and put you where you've been designed. He is the master creator. You think he's going to somehow forget, oh, I, I this one slipped the cracks. I'm not sure where we're going to place you, yeah. right? right. God's, God's not saying, I'm going to punish you. No. And do make you do something, give you the gift of that you absolutely hate doing. Yeah. Because that'll exalt me the best. You working <laughs> as something you hate. Uh, yeah. Oh, no, that's no. not it at all. No. I love what he said in Ephesians 2 here, where he says this, and it's it's, stay with me, it's a little bit of a conundrum, but it, it should work. For by grace... You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God. And then he says this. He's letting you know that faith is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So just stop that now. Let's stop, put a period on that. Because now he says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good Good, works. Good works. Not for your salvation. That's faith gift from God. Right. Don't get those two convoluted. I'm going to work for my salvation. Never. We're, we're not enlisting you to work for salvation at Valley Bible Church. That's not what we do. We're saying, but we believe, and I say this, I was created in Christ Jesus for good works. Tim was created, so were you. We're all, and what he just said, there's a gift that you have yeah. that God gave you, and he prepared you, listen, prepared beforehand so that you would sit on the sideline and do nothing. Yes, exactly. No. Oh. So that you would walk in them. You're never allowed to say, well, he gave me a gift. I'm prepared for good works by Jesus Christ. Mm. Now I get to sit on the sideline. I don't see that. So that you would walk in them and you will be fulfilled and you'll find yourself exalting Christ like never before. Yeah. When you're plugged in, in the will of God, 
what was it Phil used to say? You want to be right in the center of the kiss on the earth when God kisses. There's that smack right, and you want to be right in the middle of that. Right. When you're in the will of God, that's what it feels like. Boom. I know I'm doing what he asked me to do. And, man, there's nothing more satisfying than that. And I don't think you exalt him as much as when you're doing that. But, you know, my dad always said, find a job you love. You never work a day in your life. When you find that that track that God has created and designed you for and designed it for you, it's not work. It's delight. It's it's joy. It's fulfillment. It's the pathway to sanctification. And, and, and that's that. why we try to encourage people to, to this thing. I, I hear it so many times. It's a really big church. I'm sure they don't need me. Oh, oh my goodness. That's a lie. I don't it, need my foot. No. I, I don't and it's wrong because <laughs> wait, 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 wait. There is no there is a job. No matter how skilled or unskilled you think you are, there is a job in God's kingdom right here according to that verse that said he's prepared you to do and he's prepared the work for you to do exactly and we're just trying to connect those two dots and because there is no one that is unprepared and ill-equipped if they are saved to do a work for god and what's fun is he said he did it beforehand yeah before you even knew that you had that gift he he had that work ready for you and guess what andy i can't do yours and you can't do mine no they're specific to us yeah. as individuals. Uh, I love it. You're I love too it. good looking. I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. I, I. Yeah. I would have to be I've on TV. I couldn't do radio. radio. I'd have to be on TV. Couldn't be on radio. Well, gentlemen, if people that... ever meet me, they're gonna go. That guy's not good looking. What was he talking about? <laughs> Andy. Andy's colorblind. Yeah. yeah. He's, He's blind, all right. He just can't see for beans. All right, that, you know, at, at that point, let's call it a night. Uh, I, I've got to take care of a little bit of business here. Truth for Today, our Friday edition of Lifeline is brought to you by Truth for Today with Pastor Phil Howard, Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning, Sundays at 8.30, and the podcast. Don't forget the podcast. you got to get get the podcast. Don't forget the podcast. Don't it, do no, that. you got to do the podcast. I, it, what, what kind of bean pod? I have no idea. But it's a podcast. And, and you can listen anytime you want. You go to truthfortodayradio.org. And then, and then, and then, everything we've talked about tonight is, is born out of the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Amen. And we would love to have you visit. If Amen. you're in the neighborhood and you're not fellowshipping anywhere at this point in time, stop by. Valleybible.org is a great website to start your journey. If you want to spend some time with us and get Amen. to know us a little bit more, we'd love to get to know you a little bit more as well. I mean, it's it's a win-win all the way around. And if we just go back to what we started with, if you come... It's we promise that you'll get to know Christ, and, and you'll want to share his love passion. And you can exalt him and along exalt with him. us. Amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for spending some time with us here this evening with Pastor Larry Howard, Pastor Tim Valstrom, myself, Andy Froyland. Our desire has been to inspire and incite uh, a desire in your own life to seek Christ and to follow Amen. after him. Amen. And uh, yes. again, if you've got questions uh, after the show this evening, valleybible.org, you can email us from there, truthfortodayradio.org. You can email us from there as well. And again, this is all part of Truth For Today and the ministry of Pastor Phil Howard, the guy who kind of started all this. He did indeed. Eons did. ago, back when him and Moses were still kind of hanging out. The together. earth was still crusting, getting yeah. hard, I think. Yeah, exactly. So... With that, we're going to put a, a, a cap on tonight. And again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks to Nate over there on the other end. He's the one who plays with all those green and red knobs and buttons and 
He's our engineer. He wears that striped uniform thinking you were on a train or something. Who knows? Anyway, Nate, thank you so much. And friend, for your ears and your attention, thank you. You round out the trifecta. Until next time, may the Lord bless you as you see Christ and Him crucified. Take care. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.